Hey, Tucker, nice of you to show up this morning. Look, I know I was extremely late. I know it's unprofessional, but I have a good reason, and it is work-related. Oh, please do tell. I was playing Marvel Strike Force on my phone. Okay. Okay, Got a little distracted. Might have missed my train. I was playing characters like Doctor Strange, Groot, Rocket, Loki, Venom, Elektra, Captain America, Iron Man, Spider-Man. Well, I can't really blame you for getting so into that. Yeah, Marvel Strike Force has those great groundbreaking gameplay cinematics, and your heroes unleash dynamic chain combos and team-ups with a single tap. That's what I was doing with my morning, and I was leveling up with heroes, abilities. So, Tucker, where did you get this awesome-sounding game? Marvel Strike Force is available right now in the Apple App Store and the Google Play Store, so you can download Download it for free. Marvel Strike Force Heroes Only. Download today. Welcome to This Week in Marvel. I am Jamie Frevely, and I am here with... The Prodigal Son Returns. Oh, That's he's right. back. Run for the hills, folks, because your old pal, Tucker Marcus, is back on the show. Hey, he Jamie. Is. Hey, Tucker. Hey, Jammer. Hey. hey, Tucker. So, Ryan is on vacation this week, so wish Agent M a bon voyage, happy travels. We hope he's having a wonderful time, and he will be back next week. So, This Week in Marvel, what are we talking about, Tucker? Comics. Marvel News. Yes. Video games. Yes. And we've got a movie coming out this week. Oh, man. Marvel Studios Avengers Infinity War. Oh, man. Oh, dude. Not out Infinity War. Infinity War. Infinity War. War. Uh, Coming out on Friday. uh, Yes. Today. It's not out Infinity War coming in Friday. Although you guess you could say Infinity War is coming in hot. That's right. That's for sure. Great fan response. We're very excited. Oh, yeah. And we're all slightly less excited that we cannot say a word about it because Thanos demands your silence. That's Right. I feel like we don't even need to say anything to anyone where it's just like, (laughs) hey, uh, if you're a This Week in Marvel listener, you might be interested in this movie. So maybe go check it out. Uh, Duh. Everyone is going to see this movie as they rightfully should. It is insane. It's so much movie. And the Marvel Cinematic Universe has been 10 years in the making. This is the 19th offering with this giant super ensemble. So get your tickets if you can, because this weekend's going to be nuts. It's going to be so crazy. Um, if you can, I actually saw the first Avengers on opening weekend. Yeah. We waited online for a very solid amount of time, and it was absolutely worth it. It's funny you mentioned that. I remember going to see the Avengers. I was a freshman in college. I was older than that. <laughs> and uh, uh, I went with a few of my dorm buddies to, like, I think the only place we could get tickets was, like, the AMC in Times Square. Wow. And it was one of the most fun movie-going experiences of my life. I just remember, like, the scene where Hulk uh, is, is, you know, hulking out on the mm-hmm. helicarrier. Yeah. And then he has like the aerial battle with the fighter jet. I specifically remember the part where the, the fighter jet pilot ejects. Yeah. And Hulk catches it. Yeah. I just remember the crazy. entire, yeah, I remember the entire theater, like half getting out of their seats, <laughs> like, oh my Whoa! God, yes, <laughs> yes. And I'm sure that we're going to get 
a ton of those kind of reactions in the theater this weekend. We saw it with all the Marvel people Mm -hmm. uh, at the Marvel screen and everything, which was insane in itself. Obviously, everyone here loves Marvel. Everyone here loves the movies um, and couldn't wait. But I'm going to go back. I cannot wait to watch with people seeing it for their first time and just reacting to like so many just spine tingling moments. I, I, it's just going to be one of the most insane movie-going experiences ever. We just can't wait until all of you guys see this and you start telling This Week in Marvel about your experience. And, hey, if you guys want to tell us about your Marvel Cinematic Universe experiences, please share because it's been a long time and you probably have a lot of great experiences. Yeah, yeah. yeah use hashtag This Week in Marvel. And it's actually perfect. Um, it lines up really well with my comic book pick of the week this week which is the Thanos annual. Obviously, this is the big Thanos movie. We've been building to it, like you said, for years, and we finally get to see what happens when Thanos arrives. But in the Thanos annual, which sees the culmination of Donny Cates and Jeff Shaw's run with the character, it seems clear that this will be remembered as like one of the greatest like smash introductions to a, a creative team, not just Donny, but Jeff as well on any book uh, in recent memory. It is really, really excellent, worthy uh, addition to uh, the canon of Marvel Comics. But this issue is really interesting because there are six different stories tied into kind of one through line. And it's so great. There, There are ton of insanely uh, talented creators involved in this one. I'll shout them out right now. Uh, we have Donnie Cates, Jeff Shaw, Antonio Fabella, Chris Hastings, Flaviano, Federico Blee, Kieran Gillen, Andrea Rao, Chris O'Halloran, Katie Cook, Heather Breckel, Ryan North, Will Robson, Rochelle Rosenberg, Al Ewing, and Fraser Irving. They all collaborate in different combinations for these six stories. And as you can tell, the different creative teams like Ryan North, he writes Unbeatable Squirrel Girl. So he's going to bring a really different flavor to this than Dangerous Donny Cates, who is known for his, like, death destruction and, and, like, bloody killing in the best of ways. That's Um, a very cool juxtaposition of talent. Exactly. And it's really cool how they weave it all into this kind of one cohesive line throughout this book. And the best part for me about it is that the whole thing is introduced and then narrated by the cosmic ghostwriter, who Jamie Mm -hmm. is... Frank Castle, no way. Like millions of years in the future, it's insane. So, there is an issue of Thanos that ex- that is all about how he got there. Is it a, is it like today's Frank Castle travels to the future, or is it no? It's not. He made a deal with the devil. Of course he did. He sold his soul to the devil, became a spirit of vengeance, and then became a herald to Galactus, and and with that, the Cosmic Ghost Rider, and then he eventually teamed up with Thanos. It is an insane story and one of the best elements of that Thanos story that I was talking about earlier. Oh, Frank Um, Castle, going places. Good for you. Good for you, Frankie. Good for you. Um, uh, Going from his weird van where he, like, (laughs) cracks open cans of beans and, like, slurps them down before kind of falling asleep in the passenger seat all the way to, like, the other side of the universe. Um, A million years from now. Time and space and Frank Castle all getting along. Um, Great story. Yeah. Uh, But it's all told through the voice of Frank Castle, the cosmic ghostwriter. And let me just say, Jamie, this couldn't feel more unlike the Frank Castle we know. But that was what made the reveal that 
the Cosmic Ghost Rider was Frank Castle, so amazing. And the issue that explains that backstory, I cannot recommend enough, but it really organically shows the transition from Frank Castle we know today, who is cargo pants, furrowed brow, uh, grunting, grunting a lot, <laughs> grunting, combat boots, stabbing people in the heart. To breaking faces with his fists, yeah, and boots, uh, uh, through to uh, like spacefaring skull man. Is he finding any solace in space? <laughs> um, <laughs> sure, I mean, that's a deeper question. If there was one thing that could like stay with you for millions of years, maybe that would be. I it? think that's probably one of those things, yeah. I don't know, I, yeah. I literally don't know. Let's hope you never do. <laughs> Oh, man. Uh, I did not come back to This Week in Marvel for this. Guess what? To... This is the new This Week in Marvel. What the hell happened since I left and come back to plumb these depths? Um, it's therapy now. <laughs> Just uh, talk to us, Tucker. <laughs> and what's really cool, obviously, it's narrated by the Cosmic Ghostwriter, but this actually serves as kind of the number zero uh, to the upcoming Cosmic Ghostwriter series, which is starting this summer. And Jamie, let me say something about that. Mm-hmm. Donnie Cates, mm-hmm. who listeners will know, back in the golden days when I used to be a regular uh-huh. on This Week in Marvel, <laughs> now I just like kind of hang <laughs> I kind of hang out around, with, like when you guys record, I just kind of wear a flannel shirt with like my Letterman jacket. I'm like, hey, like, what are you, what are you kids up to? Like, can I join or whatever? And you guys Talk are just, recording. Can you go sit outside? <laughs> you guys are kind of creeped out. But uh, I am a huge fan of Donny Cates. And he wrote into the uh, issue number two of Cosmic Ghost Rider, uh, which comes out later this summer and which I cannot wait for. He wrote in a character named Tucker Marcus. No way. Yeah. That's the best. Yeah. And he said he did it specifically just so he could hear me talk about it on the podcast. <laughs> oh, that's the best story ever. Because there's also the Pelican Panagos. Yeah, there is. Ryan has this wealth of riches of appearances and things like that. He's going to be on a, a, a cover of Moon Girl and Dino- Devil Dinosaur coming up. Well, that's so, the most exciting thing I've for, ever heard. For, literally a picture of him is going to be on the cover. So, you know, he, he's, he's, he's got a cover. I'm just hoping that there's a guy named Tucker Marcus who says, Hi, I'm Tucker Marcus, and then immediately gets his head chopped off. It's awesome. That's all I want. Anyway, uh, I, I will loved... never. I will probably never appear in a comic because uh, my name is too weird. <laughs> no, come on. I wouldn't say that. I probably would have guessed the same thing several months ago, but here we are. All I had to do was just like scream my lungs out about how much I love one single writer, Donny Cates, <laughs> almost every single week, and he caved under pressure and you know like threw me a bone. Like I said, Thanos Annual number one. Excellent issue, super fun. You know, it's the week of Thanos. And, it's Thanos uh, week. Yeah, celebrate it with this issue. It is a great culmination to this Thanos uh, storyline and a perfect entryway into Cosmic Ghost Rider moving forward. Loved it. Awesome. Yeah. Before I jump into my pick of the week, which yeah. I'm really excited to talk about, I would love to talk about the red carpet premiere. Yeah. It was a purple carpet. Yep. It was a huge Huge premiere event. But it all went so well. I loved watching it. It was just so cool to see. It was still mind-blowing even as it was happening. Like, yeah, all of these people are in this movie. It's crazy. Yeah. And not just that. Some of these people have been part of this for a decade. Yeah. And um, it's been really fun to watch not just these characters grow, but like these actors change. And they all just seemed so psyched to be there. Yeah, I, I totally agree. I, I If you want to see all those interviews with Stan Lee and the entire cast and the directors and the producers and everyone, 
go to Marvel's YouTube, go to Avengers the, on Twitter. Go to Avengers on Twitter. Go to Avengers the, on Facebook. The uh, video page on Marvel.com. It's all on there, all for your viewing pleasure. It is so much fun. Uh, there's so many great moments in there. Yeah, you can uh, even watch the whole darn thing if you go to marvel.com slash Avengers Infinity War premiere. Oh, yes. It's all there. You get to relive the experience. It, it is quite fun. It, it is, is quite fun. Quite fun. It makes you feel like you're there. And speaking of the cosmos. Yes. I think a little thing called the moon is in the cosmos. Oh, the moon is certainly in the cosmos. There's also the moon night. Yeah. Which leads us right to... My pick of the week, which is Moon Knight number 194, written by Max Bemis, artist Ty Templeton, colorist Kieran Smith, and letterer VCs Corey Petit. So let's talk about Moon Knight. This, to me, as someone who is a somewhat late adopter of comics, is one of the reasons to get into comics. Like reading this, this is a sort of flashback slash origin story from Moon Knight, not how he gained his powers, but kind of what shaped Mark Spector as a man, it's he is talking in the beginning about other stuff he could be doing if he didn't want to be Moon Knight. And he ends the conversation with, because then I wouldn't be Jewish. <laughs> so we're talking about a handsome Jewish man, which is something I personally really love <laughs> and have a special kinship with. Um, but this goes back to Mark Spector as a teenager, an adolescent. And um, he's really involved in his Jewish community. And it's really cool to see that just... A normal guy. You know, this is what I've always loved about Marvel superheroes is they start out just normal Joes and Janes. They don't have powers. And then something shapes them. Something sends them in a new direction. And that's where the story leads. So Mark Spector isn't talking about his faith as much as he's talking about the community. And specifically, he's got this bond with a rabbi Yitz who he just kind of admires. He's got a great sense of humor. He, he kind of he really holds him up on a pedestal. And um, he's going to meet with him one night. And uh, he's early. And Mark's snooping around in the basement of a synagogue. And he finds Yitz. But it's not the Yitz he was expecting to see. So we find out that Yitz is actually named Ernst, which is a really unthreatening name. <laughs> but Ernie! Ernie! <laughs> hey, Ernie. What's up, Ernie? Um, but anyway, Ernst is a, a Nazi serial killer. And that is what this kid, what Mark Spector as a child finds. And it changes the way he's viewed his entire community. And it sends him on a completely different path. It sends him down a path towards becoming the Moon Knight. This is yeah. before any powers come in, but it's something that is part of his psyche for the rest of his life. And as he's telling the story, he's flashing back from finding Yitz slash Ernst to thinking about his family, his current situation, his partner and his daughter. And now he's got this horrible image and memory and applying what he now knows to seeing his family and how that threat could affect his family and how much it scares him. Meanwhile, he's also got, you know, Moon Knight issues. He's got these psychic, telepathic, magical powers. So his mind is probably a little more in tune with things than others. So I can't imagine what having that kind of mental ability does to a horrible memory. Yeah, yeah. It's really interesting because, like, Mark Spector obviously 
is kind of the core personality of these various personalities that Moon Knight has. Yeah. Um, and it just ties in so perfectly. Like, of course, this insanely traumatic event yeah. as a child would, like, set him on this really unnerving, unsettled path for the rest of his life. Yeah. Uh, something that really, on a very simple, basic philosophical level, where it's like everything he thought was true about his community, about his life, found out. He found out it wasn't true. And it's not just that it wasn't true, but it w- went so much deeper yeah. than being a moral, spiritual comfort zone. Right. This guy was killing people in the basement in one of the most heinous, terrifying ways. Yeah. yeah. So, and, like, not only to say, like, the world isn't what you think it is, it's actually much darker it's as well. It's way worse. Um, <laughs> yeah. It is like, yeah, it, it just serves as a really perfect... And subtly done in in a certain way because we don't necessarily jump super far into the multiple personalities and things in this issue. Right. He basically mentions it. He's explaining to his daughter what's wrong with daddy's mind. And he's doing it in a really sweet way because how do you explain this to kids? It's difficult, but you you can't really hide it. Right. Exactly. It's dangerous. And and, and I love the generational aspect of this uh, and and specifically these scenes where he's talking to his daughter because – he had to go through this traumatic experience himself where his mind was kind of opened up in this really tragic, horrifying way, and he had to learn these things about the world himself. Whereas when we reframe that into the future, into the future of Mark Spector um, and him speaking to his daughter about these things, he can introduce these concepts and the difficulties of the world to his daughter in a safe way, in a yeah. way that isn't going to make her have the kind of wild difficulties that he's had his life after suffering this trauma. Yeah, he can shield her from it while not hiding it mm-hmm. from her. He mm-hmm. can filter it. Right. He can filter this terrible experience. And uh, it, it's as <laughs> my cousin has kids who are probably around his age when he's in the flashbacks. And I don't ever want them to see anything like that. This isn't like walking in and seeing your rabbi fist fighting. <laughs> this, <laughs> it's a little worse. It's a lot worse than that. Like, this comic is actually drawn exactly how I love my comics to be drawn, where it's a little bit film noirish. Everyone has got the, the faces are great. The characters are specific. They're like there's a facial expression by Mark Spector's dad in a close up that just I am always, always fascinated when the artists capture really subtle nuanced expressions. And there's a lot of that in this, uh, along with real, actual, terrifying horror. Yeah. And um as a horror movie buff, I appreciate that on a very deep level. It's worth saying that this is also like a one-shot, single-story, self-contained issue, yeah. which is perfect. And I'm so glad you picked it this week because if listeners want to get into Moon Knight, this is such an ideal way to get to know the character, to get to know his backstory before uh, you know we move on into more superhero-y stuff. I mean, it's such a beautifully done horrifying, but also really personal and intimate and, um, you know, familial in a really interesting and difficult, but also really nice way. Just a great issue. On top of that, there's so many layers to superheroes, and this is why I dig them so much. But yeah, I'm going to get my little behind on Marvel Unlimited and get get myself some Moon Knight. So Tucker, we also have some other Marvel news. Oh, yeah, we do. Yeah, we do. We have some games news. Uh, this week, there was a really awesome uh, announcement about Spider-Man on PlayStation 4, and that's that the Iron Spider costume from Marvel Studios' Avengers Infinity War is going to be in the game. Yes, it is. Oh, man, I love 
that costume so much. It looked so cool on screen and so great in the movie. Um, and I'm so excited to be able to uh, play with it in Spider-Man on PS4. So the great thing about this Iron Spider costume is you can pre-order the game and when you get the game in September, it'll be right there waiting for you. Oh, man. By September, it's, like all this Avengers Infinity War stuff, I feel like we'll still, I still, I'll still be reeling from it. Well, it is an Infinity War, so it's going to like last a while. The Sideways Eight, yeah, it stays sideways with you forever. Eight. Yeah, hey, nothing go. is forever, but except for except for an Infinity War. <laughs> yeah. uh, we also have on Marvel.com the Spider-Man number eight hundred variants for your viewing pleasure. Those are up on the site for you to look at. That's right. Uh, Spider-Man eight hundred is coming out very soon. Uh, it's obviously a massive landmark, not just in the history of Spider-Man, but in the history of Marvel Comics. Huge. Um, and there are so many awesome variants that have been slowly, you know, drip dropping out. Uh, and we've collated them all into a perfect little clean, beautiful gallery. Nice little gallery. You can just uh, sift right through them. I have a few favorites of my own. There's like this Mobius one that looked mm. incredible, uh, this kind of throwback one. But there's so many. Go check them out right now on Marvel.com. And after you're done listening to This Week in Marvel, look for Wolverine the Long Night. Chapter 9 drops on Monday. This is the penultimate episode. And don't forget the Marvel After Show. Definitely check that out on Stitcher Premium right now. Uh, and in other podcast news, check out Marvel's Voices. It is the incredible new podcast that we have. Uh, we're only a few episodes in, and on the newest episode, we have guest Jeffrey Bower Chapman on to talk about all things Marvel, but all things not Marvel. It's a great, wide-ranging conversation uh, with your incredible, unbelievable host, Angelique. Uh, uh, so go check that out now. Also, on Women of Marvel, we have Dove Cameron from Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. And Eat the Universe has Lyrica O'Connor from Marvel's Runaways. There's Marvel stuff everywhere. It's everywhere. Listen to it with your ears. Look at it with your eyeballs. Taste it with your mouth? You can when you tune in to Eat the Universe. Yeah. Next up, let's go to Ryan, who interviewed the Broken Lizard guys about their new movie, Super Troopers 2, and maybe some mustaches. Steve, Eric, Paul, thank you for coming on This Week of Marvel. Absolutely. Thank you. Thanks for having us. Yeah, I'm excited. I was thinking about seeing Super Troopers the first time and the phenomenon it was and has been with my friends. We were playing Halo 2 at the time, and I think several of us were like Car Ramrod or versions <laughs> of Car Ramrod, like our call signs. Club Dread, I remember being played in my friend's house a lot, like nice. awesome. over and over nice. again. That's it's, awesome. That's it's a exciting. smart crowd. We like that. So I was reading like the press materials that you guys had. It said you wrote 37 versions of yeah. Super Troopers 2 script. Yeah. Is that true? And that, yeah, that's actually pretty typical of anything that we do. I mean, it's a, it's a byproduct of it always taking a long time to get a movie made and just how hard it is. And you try to turn that into an asset by just saying, all right, well, then we'll just keep working on the script. And, and Lemmy will say, it's still not funny enough. May I write more jokes. And I'll be like, it's really funny. And they'll say, it's not, it's more not jokes. funny enough. More jokes. Lemmy's more jokes. the whipcracker. I'm the joke. I'm the joke guy. Yeah. Joke boss. Yeah. I'm the letterer. <laughs> I mostly just do the lettering of the scripts. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, I was thinking about the 37 drafts and you guys bouncing back and forth and what that collaborative process is like because in comics, it's usually one writer, multiple artists in various disciplines. But sometimes we have two writers. And I was thinking, you know, the collaborative process in comics can be kind of crazy. What was it like for you guys writing, you know, any of your scripts or Super Troopers 2? 
I think it's cool when there's five guys, you know, we, we're trying to make each other laugh. Sometimes you actually have to physically present a joke. Like, you have to act out the joke for the other guys to convince them. Um, but, you know, the end result then is that we've got, you know, scripts with multiple sensibilities. And I think that's something that, you know, inadvertently is what appeals to a broader audience. You know, there's there's something for everybody. We have smart jokes for dumb people, dumb jokes for smart people. We've got puns, old-time comedy, dirty jokes. It's funny, I laughed to myself when you said, you know, you, you have to act it out sometimes to pitch a joke. But also, um, if you hate a joke and you want to kill it, you can also act it out in order to kill it. And it's such a thing to do, and we do it all the time. It would be like, okay, this line here I'm looking at, uh, and then maybe I become the hostess with the leastest. I'm reading from Domino here. So if I wanted to kill that line, I'd be like, yeah, I'm just not sure about this line. And then maybe I become the hostess with the leastest. And then everyone's like, well, yeah, when you well, say you it like that, like of course yeah. it sounds like a <laughs> line. Uh, <laughs> so it's fun to sabotage uh, that But then the other guy well. may do it sexy like, I'm the hostess with the mostest. Right. Ooh, listen to that voice. I, I like your, your mm. sexy voice. Yeah, yeah, it was yeah. good. Right? What were the jokes that you guys had to act out? Was it like you just getting naked and doing cartwheels mm-hmm. for Super Troopers 2? Like, did you have to sell them yeah, on that Steve one? Yeah, Steve acted one Yeah, I'm not yeah. sure yeah. I'm seeing it, Steve. I'm yeah. not sure I can again. visualize it. Do it again. I don't know. Is that a real cartwheel? Is that, yeah. You know, like, uh, I think maybe uh, something that's more common is that we're writing when we're not writing. You know, like, for instance, the meow the meow scene in, in the first Super Troopers was something that was born out of a late-night riff. We're not even working. We're just hanging out, being idiots in a hotel room, and uh, talked about this uh, this clown with magical wizard powers who could change your tongue into a, a cat tongue. And then instead of the word now, you would say meow. And we were just giggling about that. And at some point, somebody was like, maybe we should have the Super Troopers play that as a game, like, just to you know, mess with some people they pull yeah. over. Real good, real yeah. good. Uh, but you guys obviously, you know, Broken Lizard, Super Troopers, rabid fan base. And I've been checking out some of the things you guys have been doing. How many times have you now seen the movie with fans? I think we've done like maybe like 18 screenings now. We've been all over the country. We've been up to Canada. Um, we've had two screenings here in New York, two in L.A. Um, yeah. And they're all Indiegogo screenings. So we're, we're meeting a lot, all people who contributed to the, the, the campaign and basic, and really just got Super Troopers made. And my dad can't get his head around that. He's like, you're showing the movie so many times. There's not going to be anybody left to see the movie when it comes out. <laughs> he thinks, yeah, 18 screenings means that we will have completely cannibalized our, our, our audience. <laughs> but it's nice because I think that, that, you know, like what we're getting from these people across the board is that the first time they see it, they're really nervous. And uh, they're worried that maybe we, we screwed it up. And so for the first 15 minutes of the movie, they're tense. And then after about 15 minutes, they start to relax and, and realize that, no, we actually did a pretty good job with this one. And so it makes them want to come back and watch it again with, you know, of sound mind and body. Who's been the best crowd so far of, of these many cities and, and places you've seen? I mean, they're all great because they're, they're, they're made up primarily of people who, you know, obviously were big enough fans of the first one to go out of their own pockets to help us pay for the second one. And so, you know, they're all thrilled to be there. And, and like Steve said, they're, they're nervous. They, they, they're terrified it's going to suck. And, and, and the sense of relief, you feel this sort of palpable relief. And then everybody digs in and starts, like, having a great time and... Uh, well, yeah, the, I think uh, the, the most interesting one was probably the one up in Toronto, screening it for a Canadian audience. And, uh, you know, we start off the movie with, uh, with an anti-Canada joke, and they laughed. And then we hit them with, like, five more anti-Canada jokes. And you could feel the tension in the room, like, grumblings. is this what this movie's going to be about, eh? <laughs> okay, okay, oh, hater. I didn't Wait sign up minute. for this, eh? Yeah, that's not what I... But oh. then they come back at us, 
And the Canadians' put-downs of the Americans are so are far more superior than uh, than the ones that we're, we're just doing stereotypes of, of Canadians. But they're coming at us hard about, like, gun control, <laughs> morbid obesity, and, you know. And they roared at those lines. Yeah, then they were in. I bet. Obviously, through Super Troopers and, and all the movies and stuff that you guys have been doing, you've been able to do super fun stuff. Grand Marshals of NASCAR races. Yeah, cool. I'm not a sports guy, but doing hockey things and baseball things and mm-hmm. like throwing out pitches and pucks. And I mean, we played a dodgeball game against WWE wrestlers, <laughs> and it was it was the most fun I've had in, in the last year. Well, because the awesome thing too about that is that uh, we beat them. Like, we did beat them. Like the first the first round of dodgeball was like the one where people could come back in, and that was that was a, like a 20 minute dodgeball match. The second one was sudden death, and we killed them. No. Either. <laughs> and all that preening and prancing and posing, you know, that they're uh, posturing and then you just zing them. Yeah. <laughs> so I was I was listening to some chewing it and uh, the mustache talk. I was, yeah. Obviously, I'm a I'm a I'm a fan. How long have, did you guys keep mustaches, or like, or did you shave it, grow it back? Is it like? Yeah, my wife is not that into it. <laughs> I've, I, my kissing has been severely reduced. No. But I'm going to shave it off on Sunday or Monday, I think. Okay. Yeah. I grew one once, and I just had it for fun, and my wife wouldn't kiss me, so I shaved it. <laughs> I wanted to keep it longer, but I like the kisses better. Yeah. No, I, I get it. Kisses are great. Um, all right. So we had a question here from Derek Jackson on Twitter. He says, what is the best mustache in the Marvel Universe? And I thought, well, mm, I wanted to question. look at some of my favorite mustaches in the Marvel Universe. Mm, great question. And share with you guys. And maybe we can go through them. So we have... The MMU, the, the Marvel Mustache Universe. Yeah. I mean, that looks like Farva right there. Uh, let's get him to sign some contracts for that. Yeah, because yes, I want MMU. that. For real. So this one is Thunderbolt Ross. Very bushy. Very thick. Oh, okay. Yeah, kind of an Arlie Ermey. Yeah. <laughs> Taking a photo of it to send to him? Yeah. Nice. This uh, one is a good one. one. It's a little... It might be a little hard to see, but this is Corsair. He is Cyclops' dad. He's a space pirate. Uh, but his one is... Kind of like long, like mine. Oh, okay, yeah, 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 yeah. The big handlebars. I, I think Paul likes this one the yeah, best. Yeah, that's my style. That's yeah. more sort like, of that style gets right me. there, yeah. yeah. From what I know about mustache Paul. mustache gets me every time. Yeah, you, you should watch your back, okay? This one is Diablo, who is not any sort of devil creature. He's got a weird alchemy thing, but it's a very thin, long mm, He's got a bit of a Salvador mm-hmm. Dali thing. Mm-hmm. You know? yeah. uh, one of my favorites, Batroc de Liper. He's got a very... Thin, mm-hmm. sort of goes out like that. Sure. But what's his character? Batroc the Leaper, master of Savate. Oh, Savate, martial yeah. arts. He always smi- he smiles a lot. Well, wouldn't you? Look he at that outfit, like the that? mustache. Oh, yeah, He's white great. teeth. And he can kind of like prance and jump and kick sideways, yeah, backwards a little bit. He's, He's a, a leaper. leaper. Yeah, he's, he's a leaper. Ze Fantastic. Uh, a, a real good one, Texas Twister. Okay. His mustache, similar to a couple of the others we've seen, but he owns it. With the, you know, he's got the... Is this a modern character or is this an older guy? That's, he was more prevalent in the 70s and 80s okay. than he is now. Yeah, uh, we saw him a couple a, years ago, but... Yeah, village people thing. I thought that was a little 70s vibe. Yeah. I think this guy takes photos with people uh, with a guitar in Times Square, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> this one here, Craven the Hunter. Sometimes he's got more mustache and less goatee. Okay. But, um, I mean, he's Craven the Hunter. Yeah. Right, right, right. Did Wolverine ever have a mustache? No, he's more just them sideburns and, and yeah, five it's probably it would clash with the with the chops. Yeah, there's an alternate reality one with gold claws who the chops went like this, oh, and yeah. he was dating Hercules, if I recall correctly. 
It was a great story. Dum Dum Dugan. Oh, Dum Dum Dugan. Classic. He's got the bowler hat. Is he British? No, he's as American as it comes. Really? Because he looks like... Bowler hat? I I mean, that's not classic American, but... That's that's his dum-dum being dum-dum right there. Uh, A little Doctor Strange action here. Yeah, sure. So, based on who we've seen here, who would you guys say has the best... I'm going to go Texas Twister, just because I'm a throwback guy. Mm -hmm. I like an old-timey, these guys will tell you. And that's just a good, like, curled-up, waxed mustache. Like, he probably got some, like... Chewing tobacco juice in that mustache. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I got to go with Dum Dum. Yeah, you know, Dum Dum Doogie. Yeah. He's got a great mustache and he'll pick your pocket. <laughs> <laughs> I like the Hunter. Craven the Hunter. I'll yeah. go Craven the Hunter, but I would like it to be just mustache. I agree. Being from Minnesota and I, you know, grew up hunting it. I, yeah. Do I'm you guys have a suggestion box where he can put that in? Uh, yeah. I'll, I'll shave Craven the Hunter's beard and leave him with just a mustache. Mm-hmm. Sincerely, Eric Stolhansky. The mustache universe. Yep. Yeah. I'll tell the Spider-Man office to get that working as we move into new comics. Right. Paul, approximately how many times per day does someone come up to you and ask you to say meow? I don't get asked to say it, blessedly. But what I, I mean, I get people trying to insert it into any interaction that I have with them. And, and as Steve pointed out the other day that made me laugh, it's funny how many people actually don't understand the basic rule of the meow game. Uh, which is that the word meow is inserted in the place of the word now. And for some reason, a lot of fans, people who claim to have seen the movie a hundred times, don't seem to get that. So they'll play the meow game with me where they'll just throw it around randomly into a sentence. and yeah, It'll be like, know. a happy meow birthday. It's yeah, like, no. Nope. They just nope. smile and nod. And, you know, you know they, try. Yeah, they try. They try. They yeah. try. But it is they, such, they it's like such it. a basic fundamental thing. It's just a substitute of the word now. And, uh, but I guess, you know, look. If people as long take as, what they want. Yeah. yeah. Eric, we have a question here from Josh Saleh. He asked, what did you chug in the first movie, in the, uh, the syrup scene? Thank you for asking that, Josh. We tried, like, you know, well, any responsible prop master put iced tea in the bottles. So Jay and I did our, our first take, and it was iced tea. But then Jay looked at playback, and he came back, and he said, I think we have a problem. It just doesn't look thick enough. It doesn't have the glug, 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 the, the bubbles. And so we were kind of running out of time, didn't know that, you know, just didn't have much time to shoot back in those days. So he said, come on, you're, I'm from Chicago, you're from Minnesota, let's just pick up the maple syrup, let's go. <laughs> and not really thinking about it, you know, we just started chugging maple syrup, not really realizing how many takes you got to do and you got to do wide shots and coverage and all sorts of stuff. So by the end, Jay had done two and a half full bottles of real maple syrup and I had done three full bottles of real maple syrup. The, the shot that's in there of your reaction when you finish that bottle is a genuine reaction. That is 100%. Right. That, it's you real. realizing your day, <laughs> wow. yeah. your day is, is, is over. I'm done. Yeah. Yeah. By lunch, I was you know on the dark floor shivering and crying. And... I love the movie Super Troopers 2 in theaters. So great. Thank you all for coming. Uh, where can fans find you on social media? Where are you most? You have podcasts. Podcast, Chewing It with Kevin and Steve, um, you know, iTunes. Yeah, BrokenLizard.com. Yeah, yeah BrokenLizard.com. Uh, I'm Steve Lemmy on Twitter and Steve underscore Lemmy on Instagram. Yeah, Eric Stolhansky on Twitter and Facebook. Paul Soder on Twitter, yeah, yeah. Instagram. Awesome. I still do Facebook, too, yeah. yeah. I'm old school. Right on. Thank you, gentlemen. Thank Appreciate you. It. For Thanks for having us. Great interview, Ryan. My upper lip has been completely enlightened. Yeah, I have this kind of crappy furry little caterpillar thing going on that I wish could be full Tom Selleck but never will be uh, but uh, those those super trooper guys they inspire me every day that is a beautiful beautiful thing to know I'm gonna, uh, I'm gonna take that with me <laughs> uh, please don't uh, but so tweets 
Going into tweets in the community segment, uh, we heard from Brian Strenko. Uh, still binging. Who is still binging the show. I mean, plaudits to you, Brian. That is quite the task. Brian asks, are there any characters everyone loves that you dislike? Uh, Ryan told us to say Gambit. Ryan told us to say Gambit. I won't say we're being held hostage in this scenario. Um, no. But, uh, you know, just... But Ryan told us to say Gambit. Uh, yeah, and he said... Uh, you know, don't so say I'm, anything else. I'm going to stick with Ryan told us to say Gambit. Gambit is your answer. Anyway, Brian also goes on to ask, what's the proper way to pronounce the first word of B-E-T-A, Ray, Bill's name? I've always assumed it was beta, but I've heard certain people pronounce it beta, and a Brit even pronounced it as beta. I've... Well, I won't speak to the uh, to the Brits, but it is beta Ray Bill. It's beta Ray Bill. Like yeah. Alpha, beta... Exactly. It's not Alpha Ray, Ray Bill. Bill. No. It's not Zeta Ray Bill. I, I think he might be like in a fraternity. I hope not. <laughs> Good Lord. Um, maybe we should start like our own Marvel office fraternity. It's the Beta Ray Bill. No, I disagree. I don't want to do that because I don't want you guys to just get ultimately suspended and in trouble. And we can do this without the Greek life. And we can just, you know, be friends. Uh, and then get into lots and lots of trouble. <laughs> yeah, non-fraternity trouble. Anyway. Next is Joshua Cooper, who writes Ms. Marvel number 29, had the triumphant return of one of my favorite characters. I'm talking, of course, of Sheikh Abdullah. I always love love when Kamala's religion works its way into the story. Yeah, that, that was, was a sweet, awesome moment. I c- completely agree. It's so cool to see those. You know, we talked about community being a big part of Moon Knight this week, and that was totally a huge aspect of Ms. Marvel last week. You know, that is what Ms. Marvel is all about. It does it so beautifully every single time. True fact. He's funny. <laughs> I like that he's funny. Simon Williams also says, honestly, after the week of 418, I think all Marvel comics should have smooching in them. I kind of disagree because if they're smooching every week, then you don't appreciate the random smooch when it comes. And also, I hate love. (laughs) In emails, uh, we have a couple this week. Uh, The first comes from Jason in Hawaii, longtime listener. He gives some welcomes to Jamie. He says some farewells to moi, to myself. For this week in Marvel, thank you so much, Jason. So much love out to you in the middle of the Pacific Ocean. There, wouldn't mind if like I could come visit. Is life awesome for you, Jason? Um, it has to be. <laughs> uh, sounds great. But yeah, thanks a ton for the love, Jason. Mahalo, Jason. Brock has a cosplay question. Um, my daughter and I were at the Friday show at C2E2 this year. It was our first cosplay experience as Doctor Strange and Spider-Girl. Awesome. That's awesome. She is three and wants to do it again, but next time as She-Hulk. The question is, what is the best era for a three-year-old to cosplay as She-Hulk? Savage, sensational, the current drop the She-Hulk? What do you think, Marvelites? Ryan's suggestion says, I'd suggest the purple and white outfit from the Dan Slott era. There's a version with pants, not just essentially a bathing suit, which would be cool. Mean, meaning the pants. But yeah, She-Hulk is a very reputable lawyer. She wears some nice suits. <laughs> you know, Jamie, that's a really good point. Just like pantsuit? Pantsuit. With like pantsuit some, nation. Yeah, some sort of like legal documents. Yeah. And a little face paint. Just paint yourself green. Yeah. And Black like a, wig? Yeah. yeah. Boom. Golden. Boom. She-Hulk. She-Hulk. Boom. Tiny She-Hulk. And please send us pictures. Oh, yes. We want to see that so bad. Let's wrap this thing up, Tucker. Let's wrap it up. Okay. If you have any questions for This Week in Marvel, you can email us at 
twimpodcast at marvel.com. Get in touch with us on social media using the hashtag this week in Marvel. Uh, what's your Twitter, Tucker? I'm at Tucker Marcus, T-U-C-K-E-R-M-A-R-K-U-S. It's the unexpected K. You know, freaks everybody out. I always get emailed at, or called Marcus. People think my first name is Marcus. People think my last name is Tucker. You know, that's fine. Call me whatever you like. But, uh, you know, hit me up on Twitter. You could also, it could have been Mucker Tarkus, which we all think would be a great Star Wars name. Ooh, mm-hmm. good point. Thank yeah. you. So your future in comics is still there. <laughs> Jamie, still what's your Twitter? My Twitter is Jamie Frevely, which is J-A-M-I-E-F-R-E-V-E-L-E. That's a ton of E's. It's all E's. It's <laughs> so all E's. It's so easy, you guys. But yeah, at Jamie Frevely. And that's it. That's this week in Marvel. Next week, Ryan returns. That's right. And I go back to my cave. Oh, but uh, we'll still see you on the pull list. Yeah, that's right. I'll see you, you know, hang out on Tuesdays. You know, it's probably for the best. <laughs> Have a great week, you guys. We will see you next week. This is Marvel, your universe.